Welcome, welcome, creative beings, to another episode of the Envy Series, where our goal is to unveil the curtains of the fashion and entertainment businesses and give you guys an inside scoop of who's behind the hottest celebrities and creative projects today. Once again, guys, I'm Maria von Sotten, or just MBS, and I'm your curator-in-chief. Our very special creative being interviewed today might be truly the person I've known the longest inside our industry. She is Brazilian, just like me, and we were actually friends in high school, guys, believe it or not. I re-encountered her in 2021 in Louis Vuitton's show back in Miami, and I was so proud and thrilled to find out what she has been up to, and I think you guys will be too. Please help me welcome, guys, Anna Cecilia Thompson, who today holds the position of design director at Playlab Inc. and is involved in the most incredible fashion and entertainment projects seen out there today. She's a multidisciplinary creative, guys, and has collaborated in several headlining bodies of work in the last few years, including Louis Vuitton's Spring Summer 23 spin-off show in China, Louis Vuitton's Spring Summer 23 man show in Paris, Post Malone's video, I Like You, which was actually directed by Child, who we spoke about in our director's episode. If you haven't seen it, guys, please check it out. As well as Louis Vuitton's Fall Winter 2022 show in Thailand. Anna, welcome, welcome to this crazy thing I decided to call the Envy Series. (laughs) I have to say I'm so pumped and excited to have you here because you're probably the youngest creative we've ever interviewed up until now in the show. That's... that's (laughs) That's hard to believe because I feel so old sometimes. I know, I know the feeling because it's so much going on during the day, right? And during work that we feel like we've lived several lives. And also because I feel like there's so many names that are coming up that I'm, I never know. And people in the studio are telling me and I like, need to pretend while I'm like Googling. So <laughs> I feel like the old lady, but yeah. Out of the loop because you're so busy. Yeah, I know, exactly, <laughs> literally. So my love, before we dive in deep into yes. your trajectory, life story and experiences, I would love to start with explaining to our creatives mm-hmm. back home What exactly does your job as a design director entail? Well, exactly is is a hard uh, way to explain. I know. On a day-to-day, maybe, um, we have a few projects in the studio. I work for an amazing studio called Playlab. Um, You guys should check it out, by the way. It's truly incredible, guys. And I'm sure I'm going to talk about uh, (laughs) them quite a bit. Uh, But uh, we have, like, an amazing team of designers and... uh, at the studio, I usually take care of the experiential projects. So Got what, it. what that means are um, Playlab's very well known for uh, our past fashion shows, but yes. we're doing a lot of exhibition design now. Ooh, nice. We're, we're diving into retail. So um, I usually take care of a lot of those projects, but Got it. I still dabble on the creative strategy when whenever they have me. Uh, <laughs> but usually that's, and then I'll just, uh try to lead the team into like a few different projects at a time uh sometimes two sometimes three sometimes one depending on how big uh the project is uh but that's the day-to-day and it really changes every year to be honest depending on like what the studio interests are at the moment yeah amazing amazing so it's really nice to know and you're you're part of that experimental situation making sure that the client is fully happy with the delivery, right, of the setting, of the, you know, of the space. Yes, and a a lot of it is client management and a lot of it is production management. So I like to say uh, that a lot of our projects are 20% creative and then 80% creative problem solving. Oh, wow. It's always creative, (laughs) but it's always problem solving. So I think what um, is really different from us at Playlab is that we... Uh, we can have an idea and we can have uh, it can be executed in very different ways, depending on if there's a pu- budget problem or if there is a timing problem. I think we always try to get the best creative out there right. um, and don't see it really as a problem, but more as a challenge that we need to overcome. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And now, my friend, I am curious to know, um, how did your job at Playlab happen for you? How, how did that opportunity come about? It's a funny story. Um, I was actually just started at this another amazing studio, uh, branding studio called High Tide in Brooklyn. You guys should also check it out, <laughs> uh, run by the amazing Danny. And I was there for uh, a few months and um, I saw an opportunity at Playlab and I applied for it. I, I had followed them for a while. They 
uh, at the time had done a few art installations that I thought were interesting and I thought it was interesting a creative studio doing right. art installations. Right, and how they were evol evolving too because they're very broad as well, right? They're you guys very, are very broad. broad. They're very broad <laughs> and have changed so much since I've been there, but um, I wanted to be in that environment. So I applied and uh, met up first with Archie and we really got along and then eventually met Jeff and uh, yeah, the rest is His history. history. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And and now that we're talking about PlayLab and yeah. your job today, right? Yeah. Is there a favorite part of your job for you? Like that you absolutely love to, to do the most? Honestly, it's being uh, with everyone at PlayLab. I think jobs are good. Uh, yes, they're, they're amazing projects, but they're amazing when you're surrounded by amazing people. I love that you're saying that. This is so important because we always mention teamwork here. It's so important. It's everything, right? I always, uh, I always think that one mind is uh, a few minds are better than one. I agree. Um, and I have a lot of respect not only for Archie and Jeff, but everyone I work with. Um, I've been at PlayLab for four years. Wow. There's oh, wow. a coworker I've been, that's been there for even longer called Dylan. And the I've four seen him in your yes. Instagram. Yes. He's always with you. <laughs> yeah, they're all good friends, and I think uh, that's the beauty of a small studio is that I I feel like I'm friends with everyone. I hope that we create a friendly environment as we grow. Yes. Um, we moved here to LA just the four of us. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how those guys convinced me. You're like, well, I'm here. <laughs> yes. Our little frat club uh, moved here. <laughs> the only girl. The standing. only girl for a while. Yes. And uh, we made a conscious effort to change that uh, for obvious reasons. And now we have amazing women uh, in the office and we're, we're growing. And um, again, that's like my favorite part of part of being at PlayLab is not only creating and having the opportunity to create uh, right. these crazy things that we do, but creating it alongside like such amazing human beings. I yeah. couldn't relate to that more. I, I seriously talk to my team about it all the time. Like I could not even have started this project without them. Yeah. It was something I was so afraid to do because I was, you know, styling for over a decade and teamwork is truly everything. <laughs> it really is. Right. Yeah. And now my next question to you is, did he have any mentors or supporters along the way, which helped you keep going on your creative journey, inspired you or even helped you make connections and evolve in in, in your craft I've had a few like I, I I always see mentors in different parts of my life like there's on my personal life that's been there my whole life which are my parents you're amazing parents <laughs> I know that you know them <laughs> they're, they're characters on both sides and um, I wouldn't be here uh, obviously without them and I agree they have been amazing and even <laughs> though I would say that they don't fully understand what I do but they really try and that's yes. everything <laughs> but I don't think it's every uh, parent and I think a lot of people can relate to this yes. um, that support going into the creative field especially when you're trying to figure out what you're doing it's difficult especially when you're doing something that you didn't go to school for uh, I, I'm, I know that feeling fully. <laughs> so I have an amazing mom that's a huge cheerleader. I have an amazing dad who's, again, also a great cheerleader and fan and a very supportive family. So uh, that's already like a basis that I think uh, I'm very privileged to have. Agreed. And in school, I did have a, an amazing thesis professor that um, called Juliette Cesar. And oh, wow. I, I don't even know how much, uh, if she really knows how much she's helped me in the past. How and, beautiful. Yeah, I think we, maybe she'll know now. <laughs> maybe, yeah, now, now, now it's out of the box. But I think her thinking and allowing, because um, when you're in school, you're really stuck to what you think you should do. And, and kind of follow always like what has been done, right? Follow or, the paths, follow the rules. Uh, you know me, I came from like a British school, so I'm always very like, I need to follow the rules. Yes. And it took me until my senior year in uh, Parsons to really figure out that like, no, I don't really need to uh, figure out, like I need to, need to figure out what I want to do for myself. Absolutely. And when I was asking all her, asking her all these questions and she was like asking me back, like, what do you want? What oh, do wow. You? And, Almost uh, like a psychologist, right? Like take bringing it back to you. It like was you all, answer me how it you want to do It was like an existential crisis. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And, uh, I think unknowingly she was like, uh, helping me realize that I wanted to go beyond graphic design and beyond what I was doing there. And she allowed me to have like 
uh, thesis that was kind of like a business plan. I, I don't know. It was it was kind of a mess in that way, but it was my mess and um, a beautiful win. <laughs> yes, I, I hope so. Uh, but I yeah, so I'm very thankful for her and like we we've been uh kept in touch and she's been supportive Incredible. Uh, but then i will say that like my biggest bigger mentors in my career are archie and jeff yes i know how much you admire and appreciate them i know yes. that and you say it constantly not only <laughs> i've heard that from you but yeah. also i've seen it in your social media yes. and you're constantly crediting them thanking them for giving you the opportunity and i'm sure they feel the same way about you <laughs> I hope I hope they do. I I think I I tell them how much respect I have for them. We obviously joke around a lot in the office. <laughs> how amazing! Yeah. Like you have to have fun, right? That's another thing we always say here. If not, what are we even doing? Exactly. We we have to have fun. At, at the same time, we're not we're not saving a world crisis. We're trying to bring beauty and fun to the world. I so, love that. Um, at the same like we have to put things into perspective and. Um, Sometimes I am a little bit cynical. I'm like, oh, it's just a fashion show. It's just this. But like, they are uh, great reminders of like, no, it's not just that. It's right. like we're, we're bringing culture. We're helping like uh, certain people in certain times. So it's pretty amazing journey. And I like, I'm not afraid to say that I am what I've done in my life and what I'm proud in my career are because of the Aww, two of them. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love to hear that. And, and that relationships, you know, between bosses and people working for them yeah. has become this positive, you know, yes. because there is a track record in the industry of it being sometimes a little bit difficult, people not appreciating their team. So yeah. it's so beautiful to hear that a company like PlayLab appreciates the people, you know, 100%. and really gives them all the support that they need to grow. <laughs> yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. And now that we understand, friend, a little bit more of your scope of work today, mm -hmm. let's take it back to your beginnings, <laughs> shall we? Yes, let's. Uh, we know you're Brazilian, like me, and yeah. I would like to share that, guys, we both grew up in Sao Paulo where we met. Yes. Back in high school, like I mentioned to you guys at the beginning of this episode. But your parents are from Rio, Rio de Janeiro, yes. and Cariocas da Gema. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes, they are. And um, they don't let me forget it, especially my mom. Uh, <laughs> yes, my whole family is from Rio. I'm first born in Sao Paulo, actually. Even my brother was born in Rio. So there's a big part of my culture is from Rio. If you're I know a, that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I am very much a Sao Paulo girl. Yeah, we're uh, Paulistas. Born, we, yeah, can't we're we, we can't deny that. We can't deny that. Big city girl, not that real is not a big city, but it's just, it's not the same. It is what it is. Even it is though they're like 30 minutes away, guys, by plane, right? It's, yes. it's easy to be in and out. There's, there's a, a slight competition that I would uh, equate, it's so to, true. equate to New it. York and LA. Yeah. yeah, It's true because LA is more laid back, we would call it, right? Yeah, I would say I would say that, yes. And New York, you know, a little bit more fast paced. And we do see that between Rio, which is yeah. a big city and it's more chill. Uh, and Sao Paulo is definitely more fa fast paced. Yes. New York, right? yes, yes. So, Anna, my friend, growing up, Did you already have any indications that you would end up in the creative field? Were you already passionate about certain things that you probably do today? Uh, so it's funny because I have an older brother, Jean Pedro, yes. and growing up, um, it was funny because he's an amazing drawer. He, uh, I did not know that actually. I know, it's a, you know my brother, so it's like very surprising. Yeah. But uh, he's an amazing drawer. He's wow. he's a better, much better sketcher than I am. Ooh, um, you have I some hope, competition. I hope he doesn't listen to this because it's the <laughs> first time I'll admit it. But uh, and I have this, I had this thing that I would have like my Harry Potter diary, and I would write like numbers and numbers, and I would do sums of them because okay. I was I was obsessed with math, and so. At you were first, a great student. I do remember that. I, Am I crazy? I, 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 don't, I think you're crazy. <laughs> I was a pretty average student. My brother was a, an amazing okay, student. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, but I, well, my brother, my dad always said like I was good at the subjects I liked. <laughs> so. But that makes sense, right? Yeah, it does make sense. But uh, eventually, I did, and I think it is to my brother's credit. He really got me into music. Um, I really got into films. He like sat me down as a 10 year old and made me watch like Raging Bull and oh, made wow. me watch like a lot of the classics. Like yeah. we, we would watch like all of the Godfathers in one sitting, all of the Matrix in one sitting. So it was it was kind of like a, a bullying into culture, yes. uh, which I really appreciate. And so for a long time, I wanted to be a, a movie director. 
Oh and, wow! Yeah, that's so, a, that's crazy. I'm sure you would have been a good one too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I I felt like I couldn't tell a story as well as, or I didn't have a, a story to tell. At least like when I first started figuring out what I wanted to do, and I actually went to a film camp um, for four weeks actually with Michael, our mutual friend. Oh, uh, Michael! But he was <laughs> he was in the acting program, and um, I was in the film program, and we were 14, so you oh, can wow. imagine how. I'm uh, sure you guys had fun. <laughs> we had fun, but honestly, that was like the beginning of me realizing what I actually really liked to do and what I was good at because I started uh, understanding Final Cut Pro and editing programs, and that was my introduction to like computers. And uh, I didn't even know Photoshop at that time. And I started learning all these programs out of need because I was like, I want to create this, but I can't. And like, thank God for YouTube because I started learning all of these things. Eventually, I did go to summer school at Parsons. Uh -huh. I was privileged enough to be able to do that for graphic design. And I was like, okay, that's it. That's it. This, that's is, it. this is my thing. That's wow, it. Wow, that's yes. incredible. That's, so I think that was a, a really beautiful start to your journey yes. and to really help you start understanding where really your skills and your passions fit in into this industry, right? Yes. Into this crazy industry. Yes. Which I think for a lot of creatives is hard. It's something we touch upon here a lot too, is really finding like, what is your position in the field? Because there's so many options. It's so Behind weird. the scenes yeah. and doing these creative things, right? Yeah, it was, it's so weird to figure out what you want to do. And like, I, I knew I wanted to like, because I, I was very much that like, I don't know if here in the US, Art Attack was like as big. Oh, I loved Art Attack. I know, I know. Attack. You know I Art watched Attack. That. I feel like a it's kid, a British yeah. show. I don't know yeah. if it's American, but... I watched it all the time and the guy would do these crazy projects crazy on the ground. Crazy so I was like, yeah. I want to be that guy. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, and eventually I use it as a, a reference for... Uh, Louis Vuitton show, but which is like full circle. But oh wow, I no way! Which now I, I'm curious to know which which show was. I that? think it was FW20 where we had the clouds and the tools, Oof. like those massive. I tools. love that so, show. So like the set of the Art Attack had those like massive tools, and when we were talking with Virgil and coming up with the idea, I was like, oh, like that reminds me of Art Attack. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I uh, love that. So it it came right back to that, but. Um, yeah like i i knew i liked doing things with my hands um i'm i'm by trait not an amazing sketcher that's known uh in the studio <laughs> i'm pretty good at computers but i wanted to figure out ways to like say my ideas right um and then eventually yeah graphic design was a way to do that that's amazing now amiga yes. i wanted to start understanding and telling our creative beings back home how your career path started to take place right since we yeah. talked a little bit about your childhood your interests how it how they flourished let's put it that way so where did you go to college and what course did you study and why so i did eventually go to parsons after doing the summer school there and it was great i went in for communication design which is their graphic design program okay it's pretty a big program at the school everyone knows parsons through their fashion program and i think i went to parsons because i had somewhat of an interest in fashion right uh, my mom way back when had a store with actually michael's mom i don't know oh, if you knew wow. that yeah it was an amazing no story yeah. so you that. and michael truly truly go way back like before birth basically. michael and i know each other since we we're three years old yes. that's insane yeah but um so i had an interest in fashion and so i i chose parsons because i knew it was like there was somewhat of a connection there and it was in New York. Right. Um, which is everyone's dream or at least my dream. And um, it was great because I started getting like I had that interest in fashion and I got my first internship when, in my sophomore year at Philip Lim. Oh, amazing. Love yeah. Philip. Yeah, it was great experience. Uh, I was like intern intern so i didn't even have a obviously a relationship with philip but i had an amazing boss at the time ken and um i did a lot of the great work but never complained because uh, i <laughs> it's part of it i think the the bigger part of internships are being around uh everything that's happening not being necessarily exposed. by doing but by exposing and i think the best bosses i've had is not like the ones that necessarily said like oh you can do this or it's just allowing me to be part of the environment at times so uh even being part of like the shoots and things like that was like so helpful and like sponge-like for me yes so, i think that is super important yeah so it was amazing and 
um, I started getting like I, I had an interest in fashion still and I moved uh, on and I had a summer internship at Chanel. I think the good thing about being in New York uh, was that I could get those internships. And um, I was advised at my sophomore year not to take the internship. And I'm not saying oh, wow. that everyone should. Right. Um, I had the opportunity to take one and then I did the Chanel one. Um, and it was like way more of a structured one. It was like a summer one. Okay. It was end of my sophomore year and it was amazing to understand being in an office that way. So that's what like I gained from that experience. Gotcha. Most of it, like it was being in a structured environment and, um, everyone there was very helpful and like very patient with me, but it was much more of a serious environment than, uh, you had, right. Yes, of course, which was, which was a good balance because you had a little yeah. bit of both right because yes. it could be either or depending on the company or what you're doing as exactly. well exactly and then from that i was like oh maybe i'm not that into fashion not because of anything that happened in the internships but i as um a grown teenager is what i call people in colleges <laughs> yeah. um i was like changing and figuring out what i wanted to do so i've always uh had interest in music always had interest in film so i got an internship at viacom Oh, wow. So that was like an interesting experience because it was like corporate like Chanel in terms of like a big company, but very different in terms of what I was doing there. <laughs> and it was a good experience because nothing there was bad, but it, it just showed me again, like what I didn't want to do, which absolutely I think is very important for people to stick out for internships. Like just try it because you don't know what you want. Like you what might think you know what you want, but I had to try like different industries to figure that out. And eventually I went to my longest internship, which was Milk Studios. Milk Studios. Yes. That one I think I knew about. <laughs> yes. Milk, I was there um, for, I feel like five months. So it was like a mixture of summer and like a little bit of my semester. Got it. And when I'm saying like I'm going to school and I would like figure out my classes so that I could like, I would work. take night classes so wow. I could work, but I you were loved, committed. You were committed. I, I just loved it. I loved putting it into practice. Although school is very important. And yeah. I think Parsons was really great into putting you in like a career setting. Absolutely. I just loved like, I just love doing and seeing like something getting made. So that's like something I've always liked. So at Milk, I actually thought I was making a difference. Like I'd had a little bit of experience. Obviously I was just still an intern, but they were starting uh, a new division inside Milk. So there was like a lot of uh, moving parts and it right. was just interesting to be in that environment and seeing like a bigger company, like a medium sized company also like growing. Absolutely. Um, it was even before Milk Makeup. So, oh, wow. And I remember, which is huge. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is huge and amazing. And I just remember hearing like murmurings about that was happening. And then eventually I did get an internship at a smaller studio that eventually became my entry level job. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I think it's so crucial that we're speaking about this here because guys, sometimes, you know, people are already so eager to enter the field, right? That they are basically maybe not open to internships. And like yeah. Anna said here, I think internships are not only crucial to learn what not what you don't want, yes. right? And kind of set you on the right path, but also to just kind of set you out to really experience everything like a sponge and, yeah. and gather different types of information for your growth and to understand really where you fit in yes. into this crazy world, right? So I guess you also already answered my next question, which I love, we're connected here, <laughs> right? Because you already said, what well, was your first gig or job after graduating? So you already yeah. pretty much had that set for you. So it was pretty much easy to already enter that creative field because you had all of that exposure before and already knew a little bit more what you wanted to do, right? Yeah, I knew what I wanted to do, but I was still experimenting and it was really kind of not a gamble, but I was, I was in between like going down the graphic design route that like I could. Right. Uh, Cause you studied that. Of course. I studied that and, and figuring out like I could get these interviews and I did get interviews at like studios that, uh, were very graphic design based and as a freshman were my dream. Right. <laughs> yeah. And letting go of like the dream that is like four years old. Right. It's not even that old. Um, but letting go of that and say like, no, I, I have a gut feeling that I should stay at this place, um, which was called Studio Institute. And they did give me a lot of opportunities to explore just because they were also small and young. Um, 
So there was like the first opportunity that I had to uh, dwell outside of graphic design. Yeah. Uh, for just because of the need of the studio, but also uh, like my interests were changing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that something we also say here many, many times is it's so nor normal and natural. Like you just said yeah. that your dreams change, that your yes. right, your desires change when you start finding out other stuff in the field. Yes. And I think that's exactly what yeah. happened to you here. And I love that you were so open and flexible yeah. to really allow you to hear your heart and, and, and what truly like moved you at that point. So Amiga, uh, yeah. since you mentioned, right, you had this job right out of college. That was yeah. your first experience. So glad you were able to already enter the field right yeah. away, which not everybody gets to. So mm -hmm. I'm really, really happy you did. So after that first experience, that first job, how did your career evolve from there? What other opportunities did you have, which brought you to the place you are today, which is PlayLab, of course. So the funny thing is, is that we just talked about me figuring everything out. Right. I think that was the moment that I realized I don't know anything that I want. <laughs> I've had those moments too. So I think I was, I want to say I was like around 24 at the time. Okay. And still a baby. Still a, ba <laughs> still a baby. And I don't know, like, and I, I went freelance for a little bit um, for, I think like seven months. And I, it really was the moment I was like, I'm, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I don't think <laughs> this is what I want to do. I don't think I'm good at design. I don't think any of the, like anything is working. Like maybe I should go to business school and like figure something else out. And just figure out. something I'm else out. Young. Wow. Yeah. How crazy that that even went through your head, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, like I, I have to wait to apply like the next semester or whatever. I, I forget what time of the year it was. So, um, but I was like, I know for a fact, like I tried it for six months and freelance is not working for me. And uh, so I, I was like, I'll find a job uh, until eventually I go to business school. Right. Um, so <laughs> also thinking that I would get into business school so easily, uh, but I think you would, I think you would, I, but... <laughs> thank you. but, um, so that's when I, I was like, oh, maybe I should go back to my roots. Like I, I was like, so against going down the graphic design route and right. I was like, why, why I was like, so against it, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so that's when I started working for, uh, High Tide, which oh. is a primarily branding studio. Got it. Got and that it. was an amazing experience. Yeah. Honestly, just like seeing how being in touch with a lot of startups, because that's like most of the, uh, clients that they, they have. have. Mm -hmm. So it was like amazing to listen to all these stories. Um, the people there were amazing again and, um, I just like had like I had the best experience, but deep deep inside of me, I knew something was missing. Right. I missed um, being like, although I like did see a lot of um, brands come to life, and yeah. like there is satisfaction in that, but I didn't have the satisfaction of being part of an experience and of being around people, which eventually I started noticing is what I like to you do. You wanted to do more. Yeah. yeah. And You're I think great with people. So. I. I, I, I <laughs> I beg to differ, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it is something I inherited from yes. my mother, uh, who loves to be like, she is the life of the party. I'm not the life of the party, but she likes to be around people. Yeah. And it's something I saw, uh, my whole life from her. And it's something that gives me comfort. So somewhat in work, I like to be around people and communicate with a lot of people. So yes, I absolutely. knew there was something missing there. And when I saw the opportunity with PlayLab, Although something the, sparked, right? Something there was a gut feeling there, and um, I even remember speaking uh, to my dad at the time, and I was like, "I just started this job. Um, I don't think it's right to leave." And he was like, "There's no right or wrong right now. You're like, <laughs> I think at that time I was like 26, right? And I was like, he was just like, follow your gut. Like I'm here How for you, nice which is again the privilege yeah. of having supportive uh, parents and." Um, yeah, I, I did the jump and it was the best thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is amazing. And, and you know, the reason why I think I said you're so great with people, right? <laughs> I'll tell you why, guys. When I was in high school, I had just actually moved from, believe it or not, from Venezuela, uh, Caracas. Uh, yeah. My dad was working there, you remember. And I didn't have that many friends in Sao Paulo. Uh, and Chichi truly was one of the few people that like, when I first met her, just 
opened my heart you know she was so welcoming to me and we had the similar vibe we yeah. joked about similar things she yeah. would get my quirky sense of humor so yeah. well and so I just think that it's not even that you know life of the party it's more like I just think you're so human and so humane right with everyone because Same I've had you. that experience with you when I didn't have many friends and you welcomed, welcomed me so much <laughs> so friend um, now I wanted to, to know you, by the uh, way. <laughs> I love you because I just think you know when it vibes it vibes right of course and and we had that connection yeah, but truly you know some people are not as welcoming especially when you're kind of in your teenage years which was my case 14 yes. 15 and she and Michael which we spoke about we so much here yeah. Michael is gonna be famous after this this as happens he As he should, yeah, he deserves he that. Should. You know, they truly became great friends to me and, and made me feel at home in Sao Paulo for, for a long time. It was special. Oh, friend, love, love you. you. Thank you. And guys, so now, you know, going back to our story here to tell you guys a little bit more, I wanted you to tell our creatives back home, which I think it's so important to talk about the downs and the ups, right? Yes. So people really know what this is about. So what is the biggest struggle, Amiga, you've had along your career? I think a little, <laughs> the biggest struggle was kind of uh, around that area. Right, you know, right. That, like I that figured. I just spoke. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, it was, it was a really tumultuous time just like figuring out what you want to do, which I think I had it like late in life, which I, a lot of people have at 18 when mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out your major in college. And true, true. I had the existential crisis a little bit crazy, uh, crazy later. Uh, <laughs> but I think I will still have one. I think everyone has phases. I think I still think I'm going to change a lot. But it was very much of a struggle because it was a time I least believed in myself. I know how that feels. Yeah, I know and that. It's, it's hard. It's like it's harder than it was harder than when I've had people in my career that didn't believe in me. It was harder to not believe in yourself. That's so when, powerful when people didn't believe in you and not that that's not hard to like listen to rejection. It's not it, it, it is really is. hard. Yeah. But when you lose faith in yourself, I think that's the biggest struggle. What an amazing, amazing thing to say. Seriously. Yeah, I think it's important because <laughs> if you don't believe in yourself, then who will. Right. And I know it's cliche to say that, but it's the truth. But it's like what RuPaul says, you know, <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about struggles, my friend. Yeah. Uh, what are specific struggles now that you have to deal with as a design director on a day-to-day -day basis? You on know? a day-to-day -day basis. I think it's it's very project dependent. Um, sometimes it is a production uh, issue. Sometimes it's a uh, time Oof. issue. Sometimes it's doing too much at once. Sometimes, uh, and which is the hardest for me, is having creative block. And having uh, now that I'm in a position that's like a little bit more managerial, it's right. like figuring out when uh, like when you do have that creative block and how can you still lead? Because I don't think any idea is above anyone. Like and I really uh, that, that was like something that Jeff and Archie really showed uh, to us that like their ideas are not above ours ideas. And I don't believe my ideas are above anyone's at the studio. Um, but there was like times that like people are looking at you for guidance and you have a creative block, but you have to like figure out how to, <laughs> how to like, manage it. that, yeah, how to <laughs> unblock it. And, uh, sometimes it's really hard, but like, sometimes that's the amazing moment because you're surrounded by amazing creatives and that's when they shine. And that's like why having such a supportive studio is Crucial. Like, it's crucial. It's so crucial. Because when you're word. down, someone else is up and they'll pick you up from there, right? Exactly. It's a, and life happens as well. Like there's times that you're not in a good mood. You're you, something else is going on. And um, it's just like there's so much going on. So I, I would say like my day to day struggle is just there's always a lot going on. Mm -hmm. We are a small studio. We are 10 people. And you um, do so much. We do studio. so much. It, it's super impressive. And I like that we're small. Um, but And I think we're gonna grow keep growing. Yeah. yeah, keep growing. But it is uh, the growing pains. But like, I hate using the word pains because it's like part of it. Yeah, you know? it's yes. like it's great. It's just like it's the it's the good struggle. And that's what my dad always says. It's like good problems to have. Exactly. Like when I'm like complaining on the phone, to him, he's <laughs> like, no, th those are all good problems. Yeah. Those are good things. Yeah. You're gonna grow yeah. from this too. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so talking, uh, you know, about these whatever problems you have yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis, how do you actually manage those problems when they occur? Meaning 
do you have any plan B's? Like, let's say something, you know, a project is going on and something is not according to plan. Is there a plan B? Is there, you know, something you, you're ready to, to put in place? <laughs> yeah, I think plan B's are not, I don't think we usually, sometimes we do. Uh, we usually have a plan B like in our pocket, which yeah. I think is like a- <laughs> Time test- is scarce, as you say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Going on. Sometimes it's like the, the problem Like the problem that arouses is not the problem that you're expecting. Sometimes I will think it's a budgetary problem and it's not. It's actually like a structural one. And then you're not expecting that. So you're like, oh, uh, what I was expecting as the plan B actually, like I can't use that plan B because I don't have a plan B for the actual problem. Wow. So that happens a lot in what I I mentioned before, which is like creative problem solving. Um, So we all the projects and everything that you see, Um, I w- I can say about the projects at PlayLab, uh, but I think for everyone is like what you're seeing is the plan C, D, E, D. <laughs> you are seeing like you're not seeing like the first idea. Right. Um, and we like to show our process it, on our Instagram and you can see amazing sketches by Archie and Jeff oh. who actually know how to sketch, but I don't. <laughs> um, and now we have other amazing sketches, so look out. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stay so, tuned, guys. Stay tuned. So you see from the sketches that like we are figuring things out and yeah. like how different it is from the end result because like, again, it's like life happens, life like happens. production happens, but like, and sometimes um, better ideas come along. And I think that was a lot of the time uh, what would happen in the process of working with Virgil. Like he, at the end of the day, he, it might've been one month before the show, but he had a better idea. And it's our job to figure out how to make that idea come to life. And sometimes Incredible. it's just like, it is, sometimes there's not a way to do it for this show or there's not a way to do it for this project, but like it does stay in the back burner. Right. Like, it'll come to, to life. To be reused yeah, at some yeah, point. Exactly, I love yeah. that. It's always to not also get so married to an idea and be flexible, right? Yeah, it's being flexible. That's the word. Um, and honestly, being humble because like there are ideas are great. I think they're like, again, like 20% or 10% of uh, what we're creating, but like everyone has an idea. Yes. Like the whole thing is about executing it and being creative about how you execute that idea because. Yeah, Actually, the, yeah. Execution is truly everything too, right? If you don't, you can't is. execute, then it's just an idea. It is, it is. And then in the execution, not losing sight of the idea, it is like a balancing um Situation. Yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, you, you know that when I first approached you, um, I myself had almost a misconception about the work that you do. So <laughs> my question to you here is, you know, I'm always going to be transparent here yeah. with you guys. Uh, is there any misconceptions, right, about the work that you do today as a design director? I, I have misconceptions myself. <laughs> I, I don't really know what I, I'm kidding, but... Um, we like to say that we're a multidisciplinary studio because that, that is the truth. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that someone that comes in as an architect that they can't have an opinion on a branding project, although they might be working mostly on like the architectural element of something like that's why it's like so different than a few other studios and what, uh, is like the in- industry norm. And I get asked a lot like questions from friends or Uh, that are looking for studios like PlayLab. And there are a few. Um, it's just like difficult to explain. So people <laughs> ask me, uh, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I, I tell them the projects I work on because right. it's like a better explanation. Than so the actual position. <laughs> than the actual position. Because a design director can be for everything. You can have a design director as a, a, a branding agency, an advertising agency, like a production agency. Like, right. I, I really don't know, but <laughs> we try to dabble in a, in a bunch of things and I might be doing something completely different in a year. Uh, like I am doing all these architectural programs, uh, projects because I had interest in them and Archie and Jeff were nice enough to give me the opportunity to try it out. And now that's all I do. Right. So it is, it is, uh, and that's, that's the past four years. I, I like, I don't know what's in the next four years. Right. You know, which is beautiful. A box of surprises, a box right? Of surprises, which is so exactly. nice. 
And my love, uh, now talking, you know, we love to give advices uh, to, to our creatives back home. So what is an advice you have for them, you know, for creatives trying to start a career in this field and who possibly want to become a design director such as yourself one day? Where and how can they start? I think, obviously, working hard and um, being kind are yes. <laughs> things that uh, go above and beyond more than you would think, being humble, uh, being open, being flexible. But in terms of like getting your footing, it's like ask ask for help. Ask people that you admire if they have five minutes for coffee. Don't ask them for a job. Uh, ask them like leg like legitimately like questions. I think a lot of the time like people do appreciate that. That is Some so true. Sometimes like when you're fishing for an internship and stuff like Sometimes there are positions and it's right. important to do that. But I think if you ask a lot of questions like that are more thoughtful or like different than what they are expecting, like you're going to get the answers that you're not expecting and right. learn a lot. Like I did while I had that phase that I almost went to business school. <laughs> yeah. I thought I wanted to do a bunch of things that I didn't end up doing. And I met people in that industry that were kind enough to meet with me. And I realized from like, three questions in, I'm like, oh, actually, that's not what I want to do. Um, so the more you talk to people, the more you try things out, like even if you try a job out that you're there for two years and you're like, oh, why did I stay there for two years? Like that, take that experience as like things that I don't want to do. And then Absolutely. you then you place that for your next job. Yeah, uh, there's so much that you can learn from things that you don't like um, that you would I, I I in my career have learned more from things that I don't like rather than the things that I do like because I never thought I would like want to go back into fashion again I never thought I would enjoy doing fashion shows and again. look at you and, uh, <laughs> you're and in the center of it all <laughs> and uh, we had uh, an amazing experience and um yeah it's, it's just like su surprise yourself be curious is uh number the, one the, the cliche of the it cliche all, yeah. <laughs> and now i want to enter a little bit into lessons lessons that you've had uh what yeah. is the biggest or most valuable lesson you have learned throughout your journey as a creative which you would like to share with our peeps back home i think i know i've said it again but i have to say like the lesson is being kind to people you work with Uh, there's no reason to raise voices. There's never a reason to disrespect someone. I really, truly believe that people that go um, further in their career are because they're kind. There are obviously examples of people that are not kind and um, make it. Yeah. But I think, honestly, the people that you want to do your best for are the people that are kind. Absolutely. And uh, kindness is not something that you find in this industry. It's not. Uh, it's not. <laughs> as often as you <laughs> would want to think in 2023. Um, so I think that's the biggest lesson I've had because there are times that I've been frustrated. There are times that people have uh, screamed at me. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. I know. I know the feeling. There are times that I've... I had people and uh, particularly men not believe in what I do. Um, or there are times that I'm, I'm presenting a whole project and they will ask my boss a question because I'm oh, the woman. Wow. Woman. That thing, those things happen and they do tick you off, but that's no reason for me to not be kind. Back. To the next, right. To the next, not even the next person back. It's like, there's no reason if the, someone is disrespectful towards you that to, uh, not be kind but obviously there are exceptions yes um yes <laughs> so there are, there, are too much. there are exceptions yeah. um but i will i i can't emphasize that enough i agree yeah. i agree and i think you know just listening to you saying that and yeah. i know your heart you know <laughs> and i have felt the same way you have and i think that for sure when a client is kind you know to you it's just like you want to do triple the work and make sure 100%. that it's so impeccable for them and i've definitely had a client that showed me a lot of kindness i was with him for almost six years wow. and you know i've had other clients that weren't very kind <laughs> throughout my journey as well and so just i remember just 
the pleasure that I had serving him and supporting him and yeah. collaborating with him because of the way he treated me and my whole team. Like no matter if there was a newbie in the team, like yeah. an intern or like a, the assistant of the assistant, he would stop, kiss the person, hug the person, you know, and exactly. do you want to eat anything? Let's all sit down. Let's yeah. all like, and it was just, it changed my day, you know, to have him in my life. And it changes your vision of like not outside of work, how to be around people, um, I think a great example, like, I think everyone knew how Virgil was. Yes, the, it was well known, right? <laughs> a very generous and kind person. And uh, we've had also the pleasure of working with Post Malone, who's the kindest uh, man I've I've come to meet. So Aww, it's there, there are people in that position that are kind. So um, there's no reason why you like uh, why someone back home can't be, exactly you know that was so valuable guys yeah. please hope you took notes and and listened to that well because that might be one of the most valuable lessons to yes. to ever um, give uh, so now I want to know a little bit more about how would you describe your aesthetic my aesthetic <laughs> I would say it's hard because I haven't, I have poked, put a little bit of my uh, personal work a little bit on the back burner because I've, I've been really focused on Play Lab. Right. Um, but so on my personal aesthetic, obviously some of it comes forward uh, within Play Lab and the projects yes. I work in, but I really don't believe in having an aesthetic. Love I that. Think, I think I believe in coming from like the same thought process of like, how you go about an idea um, and the ways you can achieve that idea and like uh, figuring out the process of like how you come about that in, in terms of a studio and a little bit more structured. I think that's like what I would call the aesthetic of the studio. I don't think we have like a visual aesthetic. People right. might disagree, <laughs> uh, but that's my personal right. uh, goal. Right. And I think a few of the projects that are coming up I think we'll, pe we'll people will see that we challenge what uh, people believe is the aesthetic of Play Lab. I yeah. love that. That's yeah. that's a great uh, response right there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see because I agree. Sometimes you got to be flexible too to the client. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's all about adapting and thinking outside of the box and really bringing the ideas re regardless of what the client needs or wants, right? Yeah. To adapt to that. So I, I do get that. Where do you draw inspiration from and how is your creative process like? For example, how does an idea start for you? Okay, so um, I would say that's like what uh, puts Play Lab apart. Uh, we are famous for our decks. Now we are making them a little bit shorter, but uh, we used to use a lot of lot of references. Oh wow! Um, and what is something that I really connected with them is that they also love art, and um, it's like a, it's so cliche to say, but we have like a deep knowledge of art history. So. When it is a project that's about like fashion or uh, exhibition, we try not to use any references around that. Right. We usually use art installations or um, even like art manifestos to explain an idea. But we also get very involved in pop culture and movies. Yes. actually, and we like to have like that connection where people can understand. Like, uh, it's like not too like heady, right? It's like a yeah. mix between like. I can put um, a reference on the Truman Show next to something like oh. Art Attack. So oh, like, it, I can, love it. It, it really can like come from both sides. So it's not like fully uh, like what I call heady. But I think we like to mix references a lot. And then in terms of creating an idea, I think like when someone is briefing or briefing us on a project, like I think ideas come up like pretty, yes, pretty absolutely. quickly. Absolutely. Um, and we like to write things down before we even like get references and stuff like that. So we, I like to tell everyone to like write elevator pitches for their ideas. Oh, amazing. So sometimes like the elevator pitch could be like a paragraph long with like three bullet points. And then another one could be like a nugget of an idea where it's like five uh, words. And I will be like, oh, what is that? Like, because like whenever you have a good idea, like that could be like the seed for something else that someone in the studio might have uh, an idea for. And then we grow all the ideas from that and attach visuals to that. Sometimes visuals are already attached because that's how we explain ideas to each other. So there's a lot of like explaining ideas within the studio Absolutely. and presenting internally. 
uh, a lot of brainstorming within each teams. And then there are also the personal projects in the studio that um, like the self-initiated like play lab pro projects that usually Dylan, my coworker, yeah. uh, <laughs> works on coworker and friend. Coworker uh, and friend Dylan. <laughs> but he uh, does a great job that he like uh, gathers time in the studio that we can talk as like a, the whole studio. So everyone's involved. Then we spend like an hour like thinking of an idea like or we do this like voting system. So very just, democratic for very, you guys. I love the very process. democratic and it's like very exciting. And I hear from everyone at the studio, like people that been there for a year or even a few months, like that that's some of their favorite moments in the studio. And what I love about that, because that is what Play Lab was in New York when we were really small, like okay. all the projects, everyone worked on them. So now nice. that we got bigger and we are uh, a little bit more structured, not everyone gets to work on all projects, right. but we try to do, uh, we try to keep everyone up to date, but having those projects where we're now calling them proposals, mm -hmm. um, it's really fun to work with on everyone in the studio because it's like, you don't know what someone that's like working in graphic design thinks about a shoe while like an architect thinks about a shoe. And like, we have this brainstorm. Um, so idea really like, amazing ideas come from those brainstorms. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you guys make it really about the team and yes. really give everyone a voice and a chance, which is so important. Not everybody yeah. works like that today. No. That's what we're trying to change here too, by <laughs> yeah. listening to amazing creatives such as yourself yeah. and really give everybody a seat at the table, yeah. you know, and just, I think that really what any creative is looking for is just like the reassurance that they mean something for a project or for you know, their boss or yeah. for whoever they're working with. Right. Yeah. So it's so beautiful that you guys come up with ideas <laughs> we <try>. together. <laughs> we try. And friend, I do want to know, is there any project, brand or artist you've worked with, which was possibly a goal or bucket list wish for you? What has been maybe your favorite project of today? I think favorite project uh, is though like contest. It was Honestly, uh, the relationship that Archie and Jeff had with Virgil and eventually I had the uh, privilege to working with him for two years so closely. Yeah, I think it's not only like the project, but that relationship and learning from someone that was so important to so many people and uh, seeing how he put a lot of groups of people together. It became kind of a family. Um, I love that. So that was that was amazing. Um, it was truly a privilege that I'll carry uh, for the rest of my life, tell my uh, grandkids. Yeah, it's like so, I did that. Yeah, <laughs> and again, having the opportunity of something of that budget and getting into the Louvre and seeing uh, something that you created uh, come to life. Right. What, what year was that? Do you remember? The Louvre one was last year. Last year, right. Yes, right. yes. After uh, everything that happened, but even seeing like from afar from COVID and like an seeing everything from Zoom and like just seeing everyone experiencing it. It goes back to like what I figured out what I like is seeing that and creating experiences for people. So again, I think like favorite projects are hard and I think our relationship also with Reese Cooper, who's an amazing LA seen, designer yeah, yeah, yeah. and being, uh, <laughs> being able to call things. them as friends. Yeah, he's, so he's an amazing. amazing. He's amazing. I've, yeah. I've worked with them with a few clients before. He's incredible. He is incredible. Yeah. Um, he's like really like, a, I, I don't even say emerging because he's there. He's like <laughs> really, he's a really talented uh, designer and seeing that yes. growth is really special and having that a relationship. So I, my favorite projects are around that. Yeah. Um, honestly, like those are the ones that um, really have touched you the most, have touched me the most and most and like I'm the most proud of because again, it's working with kind people and working with people that you respect and you admire. Absolutely. Um, really, I think comes down to the best like projects, projects you yeah. can have. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, you know, bringing it now to the industry today. Yes. Right. How would you like to see the industry evolving? And is it more open to young talent and out of the box ideas than it ever was before, you think? I, I think it is open. I think uh, it's hard to decide what industry we're talking about because there is such a difference between the fashion industry, the music industry. Yes. And even the luxury industry yeah. uh, as a whole, I think there's a lot of work to do. I think there. I agree. I think there's been 
a lot of change. Yeah. I think there is uh, the amazing thing about Instagram and social media is having people discovered, but I still don't think people are getting their dues. I, I agree. I, I don't think they're being paid enough. I think still it's like hard to explain to some people why it's valuable uh, that this person created even a logo for you. Yes. It's like hard to sometimes fight for like freelancers to get paid what they should be paid. Um, that is so important that you're saying that. No, but it's it's true. Like I, I see it and um, and it's hard because like sometimes it's out of our hands. Yeah. But um, I think we try to do the best we can to uh, give those opportunities. And uh, Jeff and Archie are great examples of that, like working with people and listening to everyone that DMs them and giving their them the opportunity when someone is like, kind again and humble. Oh my and God. Yeah. Like people are willing to help. So I see that through them and I see when they're not getting their dues and it really, it's, it's, it, it yeah, hurts. It's it like, hurts. It, it hurts. And I think, um, we obviously still need, uh, a lot of BIPOC people. We still need a lot of women. Yeah. I, for sure. In the fashion industry, I, I still, think we need more women as head yeah. of houses. I agree. Desi I agree. Design for women and for men. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's still a lot of change, but I think we're moving toward the, the Something right Something better. I agree. I just wish it was faster. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? Sometimes it does feel a little slow moving, guys. And, you yeah. know, I think that's why we, we decided to start at the, the MV series too, right? So yeah. it's hopefully we can serve as another vehicle to yes. really improve the pace of this change we so yeah. desperately want to see in our beautiful, beautiful industries, right? Yes. And finally, Amiga, what is next for Anna? Any future projects or future goals and dreams we can know about here exclusively at the MV series? Um, <laughs> that's funny that you say that because a lot of people ask me that, uh, especially since uh, the other day, it was four years of me at Play Lab. And like, it's funny that people were like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, not to scare Jeff and Archie. <laughs> I don't believe uh, I'm leaving anytime soon. But I do imagine that I'm not going to have a design studio of my own. Right. I don't think I will go uh, in that route. I believe that, I, like, at least that's what I want right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it can change, years, guys. It could be, exactly. it could be different. I do want to create an experience uh, that I keep working on mm -hmm. uh, that is my own. May it be in hospitality or may it be, like, I've always had a crazy dream of owning a movie theater. Ooh. I know. Tell is, me about it if that ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, which is uh, obviously a dying business, but there's uh, it's my favorite activity. It I is, love it. It goes back to me uh, loving movies, and I love that experience. So I I do want to work on bettering some type of experience in the future, but um, it's still in the future. Yeah, it's I'm still, still in the future. I still think there's a lot of things that I could do at Play Lab and. As long as uh, Archie, Jeff, and everyone in the studio are aligned with what I want to do, absolutely, uh, not or like we want to do, yeah. better saying um, <laughs> they, they, it's it really is like aligned, and I think we have the same values. So yeah, it's for important. now I'm still there and mm -hmm. trying to create like certain magic, absolutely within the studio. Yeah. And I have no doubt you will keep doing so. <laughs> so guys, stay tuned for that. And uh, you know, we we have started something here at the MV series, which is. Uh, trying to really, you know, everybody back home listening to us that sees you, that gets obviously inspired by you here today. Uh, you know, it's any creatives that are already acting in the field today, right? Is there anywhere they can possibly apl apply to maybe join your play lab one day? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> we're, we have internships uh, sometimes. Uh, it really depends because it's a small studio. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, sometimes we have openings uh, when we're growing. Um, but usually we do file all our applications and um, I always encourage people to apply, to apply. Uh, at office at playlab.org. We do archive everything so um, and we look at all applications. So please send uh, any questions or resumes and Please, if you want to reach out to me personally, Amazing. you can find me at Anna at PlayLab.org. Anna at yeah. PlayLab. <laughs> um, I'm always happy to respond That's and amazing. answer any questions. Yeah. How exciting. How exciting. I'm sure some of our creators will be yeah. running and rushing to, you know, try to establish <laughs> connection with you guys and hopefully one day 
somehow, somewhere be able to join you, right? Yeah. And friend, I do want to say how inspiring it is to see a young creative such as yourself uh, hustling your way, you know, in this crazy industry and now having reached a level you're in. It's truly breathtaking to watch. I'm so proud of you. Like I can't even begin to explain. <laughs> and it is so exciting to have you as an amazing example, you know, not only for me, but for our creatives to follow and really for other young, uh, you know, designers or, or creatives in the field to really Uh, be able to watch your steps and kind of, you know, know how to get there and how to follow them and, and use you as inspiration to, to maybe enter this field as well. So thank you for giving me the oh honor to you. join me thank today. Thank you. And I think if anyone that knows me a little bit knows I'm not a very spotlight person, but <laughs> I'll do anything for this girl. Oh, She I'm is so super kind hearted and I'm very excited about this project and what you're doing and shining the light on a lot of people that deserve Uh, the spotlight, so uh, not necessarily me, but um, I'm very excited to see uh, the series and I can't wait to watch every episode. Aww, and you're very talented thank too. You so I'm much. very inspired by you and I'm so excited to be thank here. Thank you so much. We love you. Creatives, thank you so, so much for joining Anna and I today in this episode full of amazing lessons and inspiration. Before we wrap up, guys, I would like to remind you that we are streaming on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as have additional content on our social medias, including Instagram and TikTok, all under the MV series. Guys, please subscribe and keep showing us that amazing love so we can show ours right back to you. And see you guys once again next week right here at the MV series.